by Team Corker. This is a very, very special podcast because a podcast that gets to introduce a member of the Corker Collective is is not all the time. And that's what makes this special. So our new leader of the ship, as Matt is off on paternity leave, is Sess. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks so much, Steph. I can't stop smiling. Uh, you know, it's been a joy in our first few weeks of this transition that you make me giggle and we laugh at the things that might feel otherwise hard. And I'm like, I can't wait to go to the moon and have so much fun with you. So I love that it's mutual. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, very mutual. So by way of quick introduction, we actually crossed paths together. You had definitely already been at Lululemon and then Matt and I were there. We had left, you left sometime thereafter. You've had a beautiful coaching practice. You've done so many other things with your life. But before we dive into present day and what's brought us to today, I thought we should start with one of my favorite warm-ups on the podcast. It's been a little while. And that's a quick game of this or that. Are you ready? Yep, ready. Okay, so rapid fire, no judgment. Dog or cat? Dog. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Oh, phone call or text? Phone call. Music or podcast? Music. Form or function? Function. Nice. Pop or indie? Indie. Big party or small gathering? Small gathering. Work hard or play hard? Work hard, play hard. (laughs) (laughs) What's worse, laundry or dishes? Neither. Yes. (laughs) Bath or shower? Bath. Sneakers or sandals? Sandals. Mm. Would you rather receive an email or a letter? Letter. Mm. Passenger or driver? Driver. Most important in a partner, intelligent or funny? Intelligent. Car or truck? Truck. Nice. Money or free time? Money. Train or plane? Train. Iced coffee or hot coffee? Hot coffee. And sweet or salty? Salty. Salty. Okay, that's a wrap. I love, I love the decisiveness. I love the black and white. I love that you like baths and sandals. You know? <laughs> so we need to get right into this because, of course, as you know, we have 20 minutes and I just saw a photo that you posted on Instagram of Sess the dancer. And we've all known that you were a dancer and you know, you've shared that you even went to high school part-time so that you could dance and dancing just feels so ingrained in, in who you were, um, maybe who you are today. But 24-year-old Sess dancing in this magazine, you're on one hand, you look so beautiful and so rad. And I just want to like teleport you back to 24 year old Sess and what were you thinking and what were you dreaming about? Where, where did you think your life was going to go back when you were on one hand dancing? (laughs) Thank you for bringing this up because it's such an important piece of who I am and my legacy, I feel like in the world, because it translates to what I'm doing now. So 
I have an article and this woman wrote what I said. So it's really neat to read the article to even see what I was thinking back then. But back then, even if I don't go to the article right now, what I knew is that I was so passionate and motivated to be the top dancer in Canada for me at that time was a huge goal. Right now it would kind of be the world, but back then that what, that's what drove me every single day. Wow. The other thing I will share in this article, it says that what I said was in my work, there's always a relationship and a lot of emphasis on the woman's strength. So I know that when I was choreographing in my final years of dancing, I focused on the woman's strength and I would create pieces where the woman would lift the man versus the other way around. And the article ends with, this isn't your mother's nutcracker. And so that kind of embodies who I am even today. Hmm. Gosh, you also spoke of something recently that I, it was said in such a powerful way and not a self-deprecating way, which I really loved, but you were on a quest to master things and your relationship with mastery and, and the sort of extent that you would go to to become a master. Is that a dancer gene? It, does that come from dancing or where does your obsession with mastery come from? Yeah, I think what I love about it is I know that if I love something, I will dedicate my time to really learning the ins and outs of it and not from what people think it is, but from what I believe it is. Mm. And so, you know, at a young age, I knew that I didn't really love that. And I didn't really love this. But what I thought that I could really maximize in my life was movement. So I really do. I love this thing of mastery and maximizing because I know that if I spend a lot of time and effort that I can get to a point where I feel like I've mastered something. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go on a, on a branch here, and I hope it doesn't break, but we live in a world where time feels like a really precious commodity, and you're a mom of two great kids, you have a gorgeous husband, you have a budding career. I'm like, you are not, I mean, time doesn't just like grow on every branch in your life. You are super conscious and mindful of your time. And when you're speaking about your relationship with time to mastery, how do you do it without an endless supply of minutes Mm -hmm. repetition Mm. so you know i've been making bread every friday and the first time it wasn't great and so i may not share that loaf with everyone but you know practice and integrating it into a ritual and it becoming a habit on a thursday night what do i need to do to prep so i can work and then have enough time to let it rise and now it's making two loaves versus one and seeing which one works out. So tweaking it a little, right? It's instead of it taking up my whole day, it's around sprinkling what I love in so that it's kind of just infused Mm. and it might not be condensed time. It might be time over a period of time. Mm. Beautiful. Well said. I love that because it's a great reminder that it doesn't need to be all consuming and it can still be important. And that feels like a really great distinction that there can be many important things in your life if you create the right space for them. I think it fluctuates based on the age as well. 20 year olds, when I was 20, I had all the time in the world to only focus on one thing. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> and now you are not 20. <laughs> In fact, yeah. your son is halfway to 20. <laughs> oh, my oh bless. Um, okay, so 24-year-old Sess, you are flipping literally feminism on its head and the strength of a woman. And then the moment came where you retired from dancing. And what was next? Where did you go from there? How did it shake or shift your identity? Tell me about the chapter Après Dance. Mm -hmm. Such a good question. So I lived in Ottawa in Canada and started to work part-time at Lululemon. And it was crazy because I went into Lululemon where I started to talk to people because as a dancer, you don't really talk all day. You move all day. Mm. And I fell in love, like deeply, passionately with the culture and the people development. And Mm. the truth is, is that I love helping people like feel better about themselves. That's Mm. like deeply rooted within me. And that was my why with dancing was having people feel something from it. And so at Lululemon, I got to help people feel better about themselves through wearing athletic clothes. And that was mind blowing that I got to do that. Hmm. And so quickly I fell in love, transitioned and started to, you know, just keep learning and developing and then moving countries with Lululemon and training and managing trainers and then moving to the kids line where I got to open 86 stores with my training team. So things just kind of exploded. And that was 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) So you were with Lululemon and Aviva and Lululemon for 15 years, two babies along the way. Mm -hmm. Oh my word. Yeah, that is incredible. That is incredible. From there, you did transition. And I, I mean, obviously, we are connected within the world of Lululemon. And, you know, I, I will never speak ill of my time there or the people because it made such a huge impact on my life. And I'll forever be grateful for that. And yet I do say that sometimes we need like to go to rehab from Lululemon, because when you go out in the world, you realize that not everyone exists like they do inside Lululemon. And we all sort of, you know, we talked the same way and we set goals in the same language. And then you leave and you're like, wait a minute, not everyone in the world does this. Mm -hmm. And how do I integrate in with people that don't all maybe quack the same way? Did you feel like you had a I don't want to call it rehab that might that implies disrespect perhaps but um Mm. a the chapter after lululemon how did that feel for you yeah everyone it has the right to their own feeling so i just want you to know that whatever you know you're Mm. going through is really real for you so that's that i had two mat leaves and i'm so grateful because Mm. my first mat leave i had with bodhi in 2011 when i came back I met with a friend and I said, I'm not going back to what I did. And what's really important to me right now is little babies and humans. And I need to learn more about that. And so I met with someone from Aviva and I had no idea what that line was. And, and I said, I'd like to do something for you. I'd like to work with you. And they said, well, we don't have a job for you. And I said, well, let me prove myself. Just give me some hours and pay me what you can. And if I do a good job, find me a role. And they said, great. And I'd already been there for like 10 years, you know, 
And so they put me on contract. So I didn't come back with a baby to a full-time role. They put me on contract, gave me three months to turn the business around and I did it. And then they said, here's a role and a training team. And so that was my first kind of like detox right. from the way things were. Yeah. And then my second came 18 months later. So it was really quick. And I had another kind of enlightening moment where I got to breathe fresh air outside and see what the real world is doing. Yeah. And I came back even stronger. So every mm. time I came back, I was more me. And I started mm. to detach from Seth Lee from Lululemon to Seth Lee. Right. And then my last role at Lululemon was a mindful performance manager where I got to travel and lead experiences for people outside of Lululemon and inside. But I got to see what humans were like, not who were born and raised within an organization. Right. And then six years ago, within that, I started my own company so I could coach people outside of Lululemon. So it wasn't such a shock when I did leave in 2019. Right. And you've continued to evolve. Like every story I hear, like, and then the butterfly was born again, and then there was a new butterfly, and then a baby and a new job. And your relationship with who you are so authentically without the attachment to be it a title or a company or any of those things is, it's so beautiful and it's so magnetic and it's, it's so easy to be so drawn to that energy because it's just so you. And I wonder if you're even aware of that. Is this conscious? Yeah, I know. I, I'm listening. As I'm listening to you, I'm like, wow, that's really nice. Thanks for staying that. <laughs> But the one sentence that is coming up for me when you say that is I've always lived my life around the sentence, who, well, you know, well, who says I can't? Beautiful. So I've never really fit into what people think or what you should do. Mm. Say that again. What's your sentence? Yeah, well, who says I can't? Mm. Right? Like, oh, you grew up in a, a Jewish family and you should marry a Jewish man. Well, who says I need to do that? Mm. Right? Oh, you should go to school and get da, da, da. Well, who says? I'm actually going to be a dancer. Right? Gorgeous. So I just live with that sentence of like, well, who says it needs to be that way? Mm. Amazing. So I think that, I mean, it's the most beautiful segue into the work that you did prior to us courting you, <laughs> um, because you were that in the world as a coach to light up people and let them know who says you can't in so much of that work. And I, I want to hear about the journey of Seth the Entrepreneur and, and the coach and, and, and those pieces because it feels like another important chapter. Mm, thanks, Steph. Wow, this is so good for me too. So thank you. I know what I love. And mm. when, I, when I see it so clearly, I'm drawn to it. And I don't really let um, things get in the way. Mm. I also don't have the highest expectation that it needs to be the best in the world. Or I also don't get stuck with competition. Because I don't feel like I'm competing to be at the, you know, I just, I can't compete against anyone because no one's me. That's how I feel. Oh, I love it. Seth is just dropping truth bombs. And I'll tell you that these moments, these one-liners are what make it already so fun to be together. Because 
I already get the sense, you know, from some of our previous conversations over the last month about it's not that we aren't competitive people. We're just so true. And if there other people don't want to line up with what is true for us, it's totally okay. And I think that this could be the future where it's go where the right fit is for you so that you can be all of you. And when people get to come and experience Cess as a coach, you are just there as the, the welcome door that says, come and show me who you are. <sighs> I love it. <laughs> Permission with Cess. So this is super juicy. It's so, it's so inspiring to me to know the heart behind people's journeys and what has set them on fire. There's so much more than what we can find out about people online and it feels so important. And in the name of, you know, our lives, we love goals. And part of, part of what I even find myself filtering is sharing some of my goals with people in fear of judgment or in fear of, you know, that's too audacious. Who do you think you are to do these things? And so I know I've kept a lot of my goals really close to my heart in, and, and sharing only with sort of the inner circle that will, will cheer for them. And I can already tell that with you, there's, I mean, yes, you're in the inner circle and you're like, but who are you not to share all of this with the world? Like, who are we not? Mm -hmm. And so I say all this because I want to know what goals you're really excited about right now in your family, in your personal life, business, anything, long-term, short-term, whatever you'd like to share. And knowing that if there is something that needs to stay close to your heart, of course. And yet I'm so inspired by, you know, the consciousness by which you've chosen to live your life. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Steph. And yeah, nothing's a secret. I do notice that if it's not flushed out really well, that I tend to hold it a bit closer until mm. I see the message very clearly. Mm. And so, you know, my first goal is to be able to ice a cupcake beautifully. And I've been trying to do that. And I will need to get help. <laughs> I love it. Ice a cupcake. And because this podcast is going to go on the internet, we can tag Lasha's daughter. Have you been following her no. daughter's cake company in LA? She no. is, we, we have a person for you. There you go. Okay. okay. Ice a cupcake. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. The other one is, so my kids are going off a lot more and me and Peter are alone. And so a goal of ours is to find out what do we want to do in our time together when we don't have our kids in our home for, you know, 48 hours. Yeah. We don't want to wait until they're out of the house to go, oh, there you are. So finding new activities for us to do. Another one that I have is to own a home on the water. So I have a home. I'm very grateful for my home. And, you know, I have this beautiful image of me working and looking at the ocean when I'm mm. in the office. Mm. So that's been a goal for a long time. Okay. A home by the ocean. What piece of ocean, or is there a piece of ocean that you think about when you think of ocean? I don't think of a specific place and I'm very open. So with all of my goals, keeping non-attached mm. allows me to just visualize and put myself into different perspectives. Mm. Beautiful. Kate, you had another goal. 20 clients. Gorgeous. Yeah. So with the Corkers, with the, our team, having 20 clients that are thriving. I love it. This is so juicy. 
Sess, what is something that we should know about you that I haven't asked or that we can't find out about you on the internet easily? Um, I have a lot of dimensions and I don't always show like my fun self to everyone. I know we've been laughing, you know, since day one. (laughs) And I have, I can get really into what we're doing. So that grounding presence. And I also have this really silly presence that I just like, I don't show all the time. So people don't always know. Amazing. I, I think it's so important because not for any reason of protection or of not wanting to be open, yet we can really show up in certain areas or domains in our life with a certain persona or presence. And and I was going to say mask, but I, I don't mean mask. Like there's nothing to hide. It's just, this is how I'm going to be here. And this is how I'm going to be there. And what I have loved is it's felt so, you know, like the open kimono, the wings of a bird, it's felt colorful and playful. And yet I've so counted on you to be both grounding and have vision and possibility. And I can tell you, you know, and to our friends that are listening and, you know, friends that listen to this podcast all over the world, which is so much fun, that I just want people to know that from my perspective, the honor it is to be in partnership with you is is not to discredit your experience as a people leader and as a coach and as a manager. All of that is brilliant. And the person that you are that comes and says, I will not judge you. We are here to not harm another human and let's create something is why I would want to be coached by you and why I would want, you know, our team, why I feel good that our team will be under your guidance. And that says, there's no judgment, whatever is going on in your personal life, in the business, in any aspect of things, meet Sess and Sess is here to elevate that conversation, that vibration for you to see what's possible. And it's so special. I feel so lucky. And that to me is what people can't find out about you online. Ah, you just made me cry. Thank you. Well, (laughs) thank you for being so human. Really, Mm. truly. We wrap every podcast at the Corker Co. with the last question. So I must land this one here with you as well. And that is, Sess, what is currently making your heart beat faster? Yeah. For all human beings to live a really full life. Mm. where they're heard and they feel like it has meaning and purpose. Well, now I have goosebumps and let's go to the moon. (laughs) And this is the call out that if you know how to ice a cupcake, Sess has a goal. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Steph. This is so nourishing. Yeah, I really admire and appreciate who you are. So thank you for hosting this.